you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. My, my, it feels so good in here today. Welcome. If you are listening online today, thank you for watching. God bless you to all of our CLC members. Thank you for being here today. And to all of our guests, thank you for being here today. We welcome you to service at CLC. We want you just to worship God in freedom. And I know we're really, we're trying our best to be safe and conscientious as possible. And some choose to wear your mask, some choose to take it off during worship. I will never dictate. In this church, we believe that you worship God in freedom, freedom of expression. And if you're okay worshiping God with your mask on, you go right ahead. But if you feel that you need the freedom of taking it off, I'm never going to tell you to put it back on. If you feel like clapping your hands, you clap your hands. You feel like standing to your feet, you stand to your feet. You feel like leaping for joy, you leap for joy. You find your freedom in the house of the Lord today. And I know they're telling us, and we got reports even this week from some of our medical uh, professionals here in our church of uh, such increased um, activity of COVID uh, in through this region and even uh, many who were infected early on that are being reinfected um, and uh, just some warnings for all of us to be very cautious and even if you've had COVID treat it like you never have and uh, we understand it is highly, highly contagious, and we want to be extremely careful and uh, follow all the guidelines we can that does not keep us from disobeying the word of the Lord. And so we want to worship God in freedom today, and I don't want your focus to be on what's happening in the world around us, but I want you to focus today on what God is wanting to do in this house, in our lives today. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for your prayers for my wife. She took her final chemo treatment uh, last Tuesday. And, of course, the buildup of chemo is extreme right now. And she is uh, weak and uh, needs the strength and help of the Lord. And, of course, the holidays uh, have had a way of wearing all of us down. And so she's extremely worn out and tired. And so your prayers are appreciated, and I know she's watching online this morning, and we're glad she is uh, watching online, and we look forward to her being back in the house of the Lord and being healthy. Amen. Amen. 
And I know many of you have guests, visitors with you this morning, folks that have driven afar. I'm glad I have my brother with me today, Gary. Glad you're with us from Texas. Amen. Amen. Well, let's get into the word of the Lord today. Nehemiah chapter 4, and I'm going to read two verses. Nehemiah chapter 4, and we're going to begin with verse number 1 and read down through verse number 2. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse number 1. But it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble, what do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps? of the rubbish which are burned. That sounds like the enemy. That sounds just like the enemy. When everything is against us, when our world is laying in heaps and rubbish, and the enemy says, now what will they do? Will they rise? Will they rebuild? Will they put life back together? Do they dare? And he does it all as the scripture says in a mocking way. The feeble Jews, he says. Will they fortify themselves? Will they protect themselves? Will, will they sacrifice? Will they make an end of the day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? By the help of the Lord today, I want to preach to you for a little bit. Revival from the heaps and the rubbish. Revival from the heaps and the rubbish. Would you pray with me right now? Father, we thank you today for your presence and your power. God, for your miracle working power that this incredible music team just sang about and thrilled our hearts as we considered your might and your power and your miracle working ability, oh God. And Lord, I'm praying right now that your word comes forth and under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost and Lord, that you do what only you can and that every life and every heart and every person in this room be revived. Regardless of their present condition or circumstance, let there be a revival from the heaps and the rubbish. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Revival from the heaps and the rubbish. One of the key elements of every successful life is the uncanny ability to know where you are and what direction that you are headed. Unfortunately, in this clutter-filled world, we easily lose sight of where we are in God. And if we're not careful, we lose focus of our very highest of priorities. When this happens, it seems that our priorities gradually change and our very reason for living gets lost in the minefields 
of life. Then we seem to travel aimlessly without purpose. The church was designed to be a landmark, a lighthouse, if you please, that points the way in a landscape that has often become forgetful of the reality of the condition in which we live. It is the church that should always be able to know its direction, to know where it is, and to understand the direction that we should go. And when those who are lost in the world come to the church, they should be able to find the direction in which God is speaking to every life. But if the church loses its vibrancy and its light grows dim, we find ourselves enamored with other things that make up our lives and our focus can quickly shift from where we are going and what our real purpose as a church actually is or as a Christian really is. When we lose sight of why God saved us and what our real mission is and we get our focus on the here and the now, the church quickly loses its effectiveness. Ministries lose effectiveness because we're focused on the here and the now. The urgency of eternal judgment takes back seat to the more immediate things around us and we can quickly, completely lose our way and forget that this life is only a stage that we live on for a short season. We're promised 70 years, but eternity has no end. But our purpose while we are here on this stage is for the salvation of our souls and for the salvation of our families. The church desperately in these hours needs a true apostolic revival. The church needs revival. Notice I didn't say that the world needs revival. I said the church needs revival. The church needs a revival of purpose. The church needs a revival of passion. The church needs a revival of the reality of a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. The church needs revival. Revival is the only solution when we lose direction. Without a bright and shining light to point us in the true direction of life, we can only stumble about in darkness without purpose and without direction. Only a Holy Ghost revival can light those fires and cause them to burn once again. Only the urging of the Spirit can cause a man, woman, boy, or girl to rise from the heaps and the rubbish of all that they have lost with determination to build back what the enemy and time have torn down. In the midst of society, over the last several months, several have noticed, many ministers have spoken, church leaders have 
gotten their eye tuned in and seen and said, we have lost so much momentum as a church. I can agree that there has been a loss of momentum. There have been some that have not been able to be in the house of the Lord since March. There have been some who have allowed fear to rule over faith and they have lost their way in the midst of the chaos of this world. The enemy has torn down the faith that years of consistency had built up. The enemy has caused them, has broken down and burned the walls of protection that they had built against the wiles of the enemy. I come to you today to tell you that we live in an hour when it is so very important for the church to go back to the heaps and the rubbish and let the enemy tease, make fun, mock, whatever they want to say. But the church has got to get down to business and start rolling back some stones that once were built up and that have fallen down and begin once again to build the walls about our life. We've got to come from the rubble and build a revival. We've got to come from the heaps and build a revival in our personal life, in our homes, in our prayer life, in our sacrifice, in our altars, in our worship service. We need an apostolic revival from the heaps and the rubbish. I know the word revival speaks of bringing a dead body back to life. But you don't have to be dead to need revival. Sometimes our hopes and dreams have been shattered. Sometimes our purpose and plans have been forgotten. And now what once lived, what we once lived for, now lays in heaps and rubbish. And the only cure is a real revival in our spirit. What is revival? The writer Stephen Olford declares that revival is a sovereign act of God in which he restores his own backsliding people to repentance, to faith and obedience. It goes without saying that revival is not for the world, but revival is for the church. And can I be more personal today and tell you that revival in the church is dependent on revival in certain individuals. It's not my brother, nor my sister, but it's me, oh God, that's standing in the need of prayer. Revival must begin with me. Revival must start right here. Revival must start with breaking my own schedule. Revival must start with with realigning my priorities. Revival must start for me to go back to my first love. Revival must start. It begins with my choice to return back. This is the number one assignment for the church today. Return back to our first love. 
get back to where we once were. I know this message may align itself with what I preached last week, but I come to remind you today that we have got to get back to the basics. It doesn't matter what's happening in the world. We can use excuses, find excuses, and it can be one after another. If it's not flu season, it's COVID season. If it's not COVID season, it's football season. If it's not football season, it's summertime and vacation season. If we're looking for excuses, we can find excuse after excuse after excuse. But it's time for us to lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us and begin to run this race with patience and declare, I need revival and I'm going back to where I once was. How did I get there? I got there in prayer. I got there in unadulterated worship when I didn't care what my neighbors thought, what those in front or behind me thought. I got there in worship. I got there in prayer. I got there in fasting. I got there in dedication to the Lord. I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to be real with you. Real personal revival is not on the radar of a lot of people in the church world. Not even on their radar. We've been challenged. But what I believe is a mandate from God to rebuild the altars of prayer in our home. I brought it to you last week. And I felt it was under inspiration of the Holy Ghost. CLC, we need a revival of prayer in our homes. We can fuss about needing needing prayer in our schools. We can't fuss about needing prayer in our schools if we're not having prayer in our homes. We can't complain about not having prayer in schools when the prayer rooms of the church remain quiet. And I know we can make excuses that there's too many people in a room. I tell you what, we'll open every room before church if that's what we need to do. Every room and every office can be turned into a prayer room because it's time for the church to return back to the place we were when we were having revival. That's where we need to go to. But our revival has been broken down by time, by things, by fear, by all sorts of things that have broken us down. It's got to rise from the heaps and the rubbish of our past and live again. We need a revival of prayer and we need a revival of the hope of heaven. I know this world's tried to cause the church to lose hope and lose faith but our hope is not in this world (laughs) if somebody can find the faith to start rebuilding a revival of the dream and the hope and the desire of heaven I'm going to tell you something it wasn't the world but it was the church that started making fun and mocking and calling it escapism in the church. When the Christian church, I'm talking loosely now, when the Christian church would sing songs about heaven and they would say it's escapism and the psychologist and the therapist would say it's not healthy. You shouldn't sing songs about heaven. You need to sing songs about the here and now. 
people began to subscribe to it. We need to quit talking about getting to heaven. We need to talk it up. We need to stop talking about going to see Jesus. We need to start focusing on the here and now. We saw our song trends begin to change. We saw the preaching trends begin to change. And America began to fail God. When they boo him off of their platform, when marijuana is legalized and same-sex marriage is applauded and abortion is accepted and voted for, when weak Christians give up the battle and faith lies in heaps among the rubbish of society and the church sits idly by silent and quiet and afraid to speak up, there is an issue and the issue is that we need revival. The church has become more concerned about the comforts of the flesh, about what the temperature of the room is, about the volume of the sound system or the style of the music, then we are the moving of the Spirit, then we are a soul being filled. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 17. He said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. Likewise, also in the days of Lot, even thus it shall be in the days when the Son of Man shall be revealed. Church, we are living in the last days. And the very elect of the church is being tried. Oh, but child of God, I come today to remind you that we have a hope. It may not be popular preaching. It may not go wild on social media. But I come today to tell you that if in this life only I have hope in Christ, I'll be of all men most miserable. But the church must not become so enamored with the thought of God being with us down here and with us through the troubles of this life than we are us getting over there with him when there'll be no more troubles no more doubt no more fear so our hope must not be so focused on God being with us here in the here and now but on us being with him in the hereafter if we fail at this we will quickly forget that this world is not our home. And we lose our edge on what is really important. Come to our church because we sing this kind of music. Come to our church because our preacher only preaches this long. Come to our church because we have things for children. Come to our church because we have fellowship activities instead of you need to get right with God because there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Why is this? Because we fail to keep heaven in view. We don't hear the preaching like we used to about heaven. I want to remind this church that we're living in the final moments of this race. If I see anything, I see the handwritings on the wall that's Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Come on, somebody ought to revive it. You ought to sing it driving down the road. You... <laughs> the 
This isn't a sad song. This should be an exciting song. When we sing about heaven, we ought to get excited. When we sing, won't we have a time? When we get over yonder, won't we have a time? When we get over yonder, won't we have a time? When we get over yonder, oh, won't we have a time? Come on, the church ought to get excited when we start singing about heaven. Oh, I'll fly away, oh, glory, I'll fly away. Oh, when I die, hallelujah, by and by, I'll fly away. When life's given you trouble, just a few more weary days and then I'll fly away on to that land where joy shall never end. Oh, I'll fly away. Come on, somebody ought to rejoice over the hope of heaven. The apostle Paul said, I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that the Lord has prepared for them that love him, church. We're living in the last days when even the very elect of the Lord are being tried and the stones are being cast down and they're losing faith and losing hope. Oh, but child of God, let me increase your faith today and tell you my hope's not in the here and now. My hope's not in this world world but my hope is in the world that is to come we're too worried about how we're going to get through tomorrow instead of us just saying oh by and by when the morning comes when all the saints of God are gathered home we will tell the story how we overcome and we'll understand it better by and by oh, come on somebody give the Lord a shout of praise hallelujah be seated for a moment. I'm trying to direct us to posture, to posture ourselves in the direction of desperation toward our only hope. If you think the world's going to get better and if you think the world's going to get more palatable, you're barking up the wrong tree, hound dog. 
Because I'm telling you, the world's not going to get better. If I understand this book, some things are lining up and the rapture's going to take place and it's not going to be very long. Don't expect there to be a president that's going to fix it. Don't expect there to be a social change that's going to fix it. Don't expect there to be more unity in the world. The only hope is that we get out of this world to go and be with the Lord. I'm just going to say it like it is this morning. Some of you need to revive your worship out of the heaps and rubbish. Jesus Christ himself couldn't resurrect some stones because you're choosing to fold your arms and sit on your hands and say, I'm not going to worship, but I come here today to tell you that this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, dear Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Come on, the church has got to get ready. I don't know what my bank accounts are going to look like next year, but it doesn't really matter as long as I've got Jesus, as long as I'm doing the will of God. I don't know what things are going to look like. I don't know what the future of economics or health is going to look like. I don't know what the world climate is going to look like. I don't know what's going to happen to our government or our world, but I know this much. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and for forever if we'd spend more time getting ready for heaven and less time trying to fight about who's right here so I'm asking you the question do you want revival no I'm not talking about for somebody else do you Just ask yourself that question right now. Do I want revival? If so, am I willing to fight for it? Am I willing to go back to the heaps? And am I willing to go back to the rubbish? And am I willing to resurrect some worship that I've left somewhere along the lines that I call education and sophistication? Am I willing to get back like the old timers when they... When they worship God, the ladies worship God till the bobby pins fell out, and the men worship God till they had to pull their ties off and, and throw their jacket off. Well, now don't get too carried away, Pastor. There is the problem. 
we got to go back and pick up some of the pieces from the former heaps and the rubbish in which that we have allowed the enemy to come in because when the enemy comes in he comes in for the purpose to kill to steal and to destroy if he comes that's the only purpose he comes for he comes to kill you he comes to steal from you he comes to take from you he comes to steal your joy he comes to take your worship he comes to rob you of your prayer life he comes to take away from you some folks say well there must be another answer come on somebody we need to decide today are we desperate for revival are we hungry for revival are we hungry for a fresh touch from the Lord are we desiring his presence more than we're desiring lunch after service anybody come here today to posture for revival there's some folks in this room today that need a miracle in their life. I wonder today how many of you could commit and say, I'm not going to get caught up talking to my friends or neighbors. I'm not going to walk out of the room, but I'm going to pray until a miracle happens in somebody's life. There's some today that need to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Here in a few minutes, we're going to go to altar service. I'm going to give you an opportunity to come forward. If you need a miracle in your life, I want you to walk to the room here in just a few moments. If you want the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I want you to walk to the front of this room here in a few moments. And I believe that God is going to rain down manna from heaven and people are going to be touched and healed. But here is the way it's going to happen. It's going to happen just like it did on the day of Pentecost. There were 120. They were all in one place. They were all in one mind and one accord. That means they weren't over here fiddling on the phone. They weren't over here talking. They weren't over here looking around. They weren't over here playing with children. But what they did is came together and said, God, we need fresh manna from heaven. If we'll do that this morning, we can have another Pentecost right here in the house today. How many of you believe that miracles can happen in the room? How many of you believe somebody can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost right here today? Come on, if you believe it, shout to the Lord. Come on, how long has it been since you prayed until you got lost in the Spirit? How long has it been since you fasted until the world became strangely dim? How long has it been since you prayed until you spoke in tongues afresh and anew as the Spirit of God gave the utterance? How long has it been since you turned your heart to the Lord until your worldly and fleshly desires became strangely dim? We need a revival from the heaps and the rubbish. I'm going to speak strongly to the church today. Just as I'm attempting to close this message, I've been preaching for weeks that we're about to break into one of the greatest revivals that this church has ever experienced. I don't know how it's going to happen. We sit in my living room last night talking with my boys, my family, Talking about what the future is going to look like. Talking about what God's going to do. Talking about the awakening. Talking about how we move forward. I come here today to remind you that revival is not coming. Revival is already here. 
Enough of the futuristic revival is coming. The Bible said the fields are ripe unto harvest, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth labors. Revival's not coming. But neither is revival going to be laid in our lap without our willingness to go back to the place where the enemy caused us to lose some things that we have lost and left and walk away from. And we've got to start picking up the pieces of our hopes and our faith and our dreams and our ministries and pick them up out of the heaps and the rubbish and start declaring, I will have revival. Do what you want. I will have a revival. Come on, COC. Anybody in this house ready for revival? Come on, musicians and singers, get ready to play some revival music because the Holy Ghost is about to sweep into this house. People are going to receive healings. People are going to receive the Holy Ghost. If you're here today and you know that you're the person I'm preaching to and you need a miracle in your life, I want you to walk to the front of this room right now as quickly as you can. If you are here today and you would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, come on now. Come on down to the front. That's it. Come on, brother. God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost today. Come on. If you need it, come get it. Nobody's coming to look around. Our altar workers are in place. Ministers are moving into place right now. Come on. It's going to happen. Miracles are going to happen. Online listeners, get ready. Build a prayer room where you are. Miracles can happen. Come on. You need a miracle. Come on to the front of this room. If it's been a long time since you've had a breakthrough and since you have spoken tongues when the Holy Ghost came, come on down here to the front of this room and let God refresh you. Let God renew you. Come on, don't, don't stand back. Come on, press your way to the front. Press your way to the front. It's going to happen today. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Come on. Everybody in this room, let's create an environment for the miraculous. Come on, church. Let's seek him right now. Come on, the Holy Ghost is about to rain on us. The Holy Ghost is about to rain on us. That's it. That's it. That's it. Go ahead. Go ahead, saints. Minister to those. Minister to your neighbor right now. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead. Go ahead. There's a miracle in the room. Yes, 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 yes. 